It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. So behind the headlines, question of the day is what does an inside source do when they need an inside source? The answer is you contact the most connected person in our nation's capital. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, when it comes to what's happening in the marbled halls of Congress, in the White House press briefing room, or behind closed doors at the Republican National Convention meeting here in Salt Lake City, the ultimate inside source, of course, is John Gizzi, a long Washington, D.C. insider, most connected guy I've ever met in Washington, D.C., and he joins us now to give us an inside look, not only at the inner workings of Washington over his storied career, but also what's going on right here in our own backyard that could impact upcoming midterms in the 2024 presidential election. John Gizzi, welcome back to Utah. It's a pleasure to be back in the Beehive State. And I know when I'm on with Boyd Matheson, I'm not going to get stung. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, you have had uh, an extraordinary career, and uh, connecting with you when I was back in D.C. was one of the real delights and, and pleasures. And not just because you're so connected, but you, you both understand the history, you appreciate the history uh, from across the political spectrum. And uh, give us just one insight uh, rolling in. Over the course of your career, uh, what is one thing that has continually surprised you uh, about the way our government and our country continue to work and move on? Well, there's a saying in the Catholic Church, semper idem, always the same, uh, which is how Cardinal Ottaviani, a prominent churchman, described uh, the state of Catholicism. And the fact is that if you see things, you think this will never happen again. Uh, this is so unique so as not to reoccur, uh, it's the election of the century. It's the most important midterm election. And guess what? It's not that important because the same thing occurs again. And I'm going to give you an example right here, as up-to-date as the news can get. Nearly a quarter century ago, I covered a Republican National Committee meeting in Palm Springs, California, and the issue before the Resolutions Committee was whether to bar pro-choice Republicans from receiving party funds. The pro-life movement was very strongly behind it. The debate grew very incendiary. And in the end, most committee people voted to shelve the resolution because it would cut off Rudy Giuliani, the then governor of New Jersey, Christy Todd Whitman, Maine Senator Susan Collins. And the big tent would become a pup tent, they said. Now, today, the party, as we speak, Boyd, is considering whether to censure Republican House members Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. The argument goes that they've gone over to the 
dark side by joining the January 6th commission, turn their backs on Republicans, and they should be censured. I might add that a censure carries no punishment with it, but it's fodder for negative publicity. The counterargument to this is that if you want to build the church, you don't excommunicate people and you let in people even when you differ. All this, by the way, has been going on behind closed doors. Right. My colleague Juliana Schäuble from Germany and I talk to members of the committee when they come out of private meetings, so it's not press-friendly. My point is, the Republican Party is arguing essentially what it argued a quarter century ago. Uh, that is fascinating. Uh, and it's happening right here in our own backyard as the uh, winter meetings uh, for the GOP are being held here, the national uh, meetings. Uh, and I want to get to to one other thing as it relates uh, to the Republican Party, and then I want to go to some broader topics. Uh, we know one of the other resolutions, one of the other issues on the table is dealing with the Presidential Debate Commission. Uh, give us some insight there. All right. Some insight there is, do you remember the movie Network in 1976? where the anchor man who becomes the mad prophet says, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, Republican national chairman Ronna McDaniel is now uh, becoming the Howard Beale, the mad prophet of network for her own party. She is saying, in effect, to the Commission on Presidential Debates, we're mad as hell. Late notice on the debates, learning of the rules on the eve of the confrontation, and um, on top of it, not having any insight on the moderator until the end. One member of the National Committee said it's very difficult when you our candidate has to debate the Democrat and the moderator. She said unless these things are changed and they sit down for discussion— they will go elsewhere to have a presidential debate. Now, the details on that have to be worked out. I can say that members of the Republican National Committee from all stripes on the political spectrum support Chairman Ronna McDaniel on this. Mm. A footnote. One of the real victims Republicans feel of a hostile moderator was the 1996 Republican nominee for president, Utah's own Senator Mitt Romney. And this is when Candy Crowley of CNN corrected him and was blatantly hostile. And yet the one Republican to speak out against the proposal of withdrawing from debates is Mitt Romney, Ronna McDaniel's uncle. He says it would be nuts to do this. The Republican Party and its chairman disagree with uncle mitt <laughs> fascinating always fascinating what's uh, what's going on there let's let's shift to some of the uh the topics going on uh, in the white house press room uh these last few weeks and things that are uh yet ahead obviously there are a host of things on the administration's to-do list uh, including a little thing called fund the government before the 18th of february uh, but as you look at those and as as you're in and out of uh, of that room and, and watching that, what is it that's missing there? It seems to me that there is a missing connection in terms of the messaging and the American people, that there just is such a disconnect in terms of what they're saying and what the American people are experiencing. You've watched a lot of White House press briefings over the years. Uh, what is it that's going a little sideways uh, for the administration right now? 
What's going sideways for the administration is what many call a tone deafness with the public. Right now, as it was when Ross Perot emerged on the scene in the early 1990s, people are getting very uncomfortable about deficits and the national debt. Let me put it another way. When I first came to Washington, Trillion almost seemed a figure out of the science fiction movies. It was something we'd never have to deal with. Everything was in the billions. Today, well, the debt is well into the trillions, and the cost of programs, most notably the recent infrastructure bill, is with the trillions. These figures are flung around uh, with ease at the White House press briefing. No one seems to get the idea that we've got to take this in at a time when 40% of the GDP goes to pay off debts that have been accumulated. Within another 10 years, it will be a majority of the GDP, and we can go on and we'll pass on to our children and our children's children this debt. If someone were to emerge and talk about cutting the budget in a big way and going the opposite of these programs, I think he or she would make a splash on the scene. But the administration still wants to continue to spend. It's out of touch. Yeah. Great insight as always, John Gizzi, uh, the ultimate uh, Washington, D.C. insider. Great knowledge, great history perspective of where we've been, where we are, and more importantly, where we're headed next. Uh, John Gizzi, Great to have you back in the uh, state of Utah. Appreciate your reporting as always, and uh, we'll have to have you back on uh, real soon. Call me anytime, Boyd, and best to your lovely wife, your six children, and six grandchildren. All right, fantastic. John Gizzi uh, joining us. He's in the state of Utah uh, following the Republican National Convention meetings that are being held here in Salt Lake City. A lot of that has an eye towards the 2024 election cycle, so we'll continue to tap into John as he uh get some of that behind the scene all of these are closed door meetings and he's getting some good insight so we'll continue to tap into him there so interesting uh, in terms of where the republican party is trying to go interesting what's happening in the the white house press briefing room in terms of how that plays out to me the most interesting thing is uh, to just recognize the perspective i thought it was fascinating that john pointed out that the republicans are basically having the same argument today uh, that they had well over 20 25 years ago and the Democrats seem to be doing the same. And I think that's important. It should help us all to not panic and have our hair on fire over every little thing. Uh, the most important thing is what's in front of us and what we choose to do together. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? 
That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.